If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Truth in My Days podcast is sponsored by the Truth in My Days ministry. Welcome to the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hello, this is Sonia Torres. I'm here with Truth in My Days director John Torres for a discussion about another important topic. John, you did a series on creation versus evolution. You showed that the theory of evolution cannot even stand on scientific grounds and that we can believe the testimony of the Bible about creationism, that God created the world and the life in it in six earth rotation, 24-hour days, a maximum of 7,687 years ago. Yes. As I pointed out, during the era of the Enlightenment, the ethos among the intellectual leaders, Enlightenment era, we're talking about the 17th century mainly and onwards, The ethos, the thinking among the intellectual leaders, the philosophers, the professors, was that God was no longer needed. Society had reached a sufficient point that it was time to drive out God. And that required undermining Christianity. And the best way to do that was to discredit the Bible. These people used so-called historical criticism Uh, claiming that the Bible, including, of course, the gospel books, were not historically reliable. We have shown in other programs that this is nonsense. They used what is called textual criticism to teach that the New Testament, as it came off the pens of the authors, had mistakes in it, and so was not inerrant. And we saw in another series that this also is false. But these did make quite a bit of headway in undermining the authority of Scripture. The other chief tool of these people, of course, was the theory of evolution, or Darwinism, which they needed as a way to account for the world and the life in it. And so it's not possible to deny that the world exists and that we're here, and there has to be an explanation for that. And until the mid-19th century, God was the only game in town. But once Charles Darwin published The Origin of Species in 1859, this intellectual community, the scientific community, could begin to push the theory of evolution to explain the world and the life in it without appealing to a God at all. So no God was needed, and certainly No, the Christian God was not needed, and the Bible was not needed. So according to special creation, that means God created the world and the plants and animals and people according to their kinds fully formed across six earth rotation, 24-hour days, a maximum of 7,687 years ago. That's what the Bible says. Yes, that's what the Bible says. So these are the two competing worldviews here, creation versus evolution. The idea that the world and the life in it developed very, very slowly by naturalistic processes, 
with no need for a God at any point versus the biblical worldview. As you say, that the world and the plants and the animals and the people were created, specially created by God across these six 24-hour or Earth rotation days. And this happened a maximum of 7,687 years ago. So these are the two competing views. This is what the Bible says. Okay, uh, well, Genesis 1 teaches the six-day creation, but I don't see it telling us how old the Earth is. Does it? No, the age of the Earth is not in Genesis chapter 1. But that doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't teach how old the earth is. Genesis 1 really just covers the beginning. It it goes into an overview of how God created the world across these six days. And it takes you to Adam. Adam was created on day six. Uh, We see more details about this in Genesis chapter 2. And there are other references in the Bible to this, such as Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, where it says, for in six days, God created the heavens and the earth and and the things in them. So the age of the earth is not taught here, uh, but it is taught. And we have to look at other passages to see this. What passages? And how do we determine the age of the earth? Well, as we see, the earth is not quite six days old when Adam is created. And if we look at Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 5 gives us a genealogy that goes all the way from Adam to Noah, to the birth of Noah. If we look in Genesis chapter 5, we see it saying this, Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. Uh, Then jump to verse 6, Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. Verse 9, Enosh lived 90 years and begot Kainan. And then you jump to verse 12. Kainan lived 70 years and begot Mahalalel. So you see this genealogy of all the people from uh, Adam to Noah. And the number of years between them is also given. Uh, So we can add these up. And we come up with 1,056 years from Adam to Noah. Uh, Now we know that Noah was 600 years old. At the age of the flood, we we read that in Genesis 6, 7. So you had 600 years. The flood took about a year, uh, Genesis 8, 13. So you add another year. Then we read in Genesis 11 that Arphaxad, uh, the next name in the genealogy, he was born two years after the flood. So you add another two years. And then you have another one of these genealogies in Genesis chapter 11. And you have the numbers here, which takes you to the birth of Abraham. There's another 220 years. You see in Genesis 21, 5, that Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. So there's another 100 years. Genesis 25, 26 tells us that Isaac was 60 years old when Jacob was born. So there's another 60 years. From the birth of Jacob to the time that the Israelites moved into Egypt... Uh, Jacob's family, uh, that was 130 years. We read that in Genesis 47, 28. From that time until the Exodus, there's 430 years. We're told that in Exodus 12, verses 40 to 41. 
Please note that this is a multi-part series. If you have missed any episodes and would like to listen to them, they will all be available on our YouTube channel and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can find the links to these on our website, truthinmydays.com, or you can look for Truth In My Days on YouTube as one word. And then in 1 Kings 6.1, we're told that the period from the Exodus to the fourth year of Solomon's reign is 480 years. Once you get to Solomon, then you've got the books of uh, First and Second Kings, and you have this, this list of kings, and we're told how many years each one reigns. So you can add those together as well. Uh, until the Jews go into captivity in Babylon, which is a historical event that's known to have happened in the year 586 B.C., so if we add up all of these chronological numbers, all of this data, we come to a total of 3,459 years from creation to the captivity in Babylon. And we know that took place in 586 BC, so you add another 586, and then it's now 2022 AD. So then we add that in, and we come to a total then, According to this information in the Bible, that uh, the world is 6,067 years old. But is there a problem here? Some apologists claim that we can't just add up the genealogies because there are gaps in them. Well, there, there may be. There's at least one of these so-called gaps that we know of, as a matter of fact, because the Old Testament lists omit a fellow named Kainan, who's mentioned in Luke chapter 3, 36, where we have Jesus' genealogy that's traced back through Mary, her family. There's a fellow named Kainan. There's actually two Kainans in that early gene part of the genealogy, and they're both mentioned by Luke in chapter 3, but neither of them is mentioned, only one of them is mentioned in the Old Testament lists. Now, that's not really a gap, per se. What it is, is just not mentioning every single person in the list. And that's not a problem. When the Bible says, so-and-so begot so-and-so, it refers to all of the descendants that come after him, not just immediate sons. Uh, we see an example of that in Isaiah 39, 5-7. This is during the time of King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah. And representatives have come from Babylon, and they've checked out the kingdom, and Hezekiah was quite happy to show them all his treasures, which may not have been such a good idea. But Isaiah says to him, we read this in Isaiah, starting 39, verse 5, Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts, Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon." So these people who will be carried away into Babylon, this is more than a hundred years later, more than a hundred years after Isaiah said this to Hezekiah. So they were not his, his immediate sons. They would be grandsons or great-grandsons 
uh, or, or even later than that. But they're still all considered to be his sons, the sons of Hezekiah, and they're all considered to have been begotten by him. So beget refers to all descendants that come, not just the immediate sons. And all male uh, in the lineal descent are called sons. We don't do that in English, but they do do that in Hebrew. Uh, we see a very clear example of that in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the very beginning of the New Testament that starts with the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Well, we know Jesus Christ was not the immediate son of David. David had sons, uh, and that was about a thousand years before Jesus, but Jesus is still the son of David. And there was a long time period between David and Abraham, about a thousand years there as well. And yet David is called the son of Abraham. Then in the next 16 verses of Matthew, they give a more complete genealogy of Jesus, much more complete than what you have in verse 1. But even this genealogy is omitting some of the names. And again, that's completely acceptable because any lineal descendant is begotten and is a son. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part, same time and same place. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. If you like our content, please share this information with family and friends. It helps us a lot. We also would love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Truth In My Days as one word again. Truth In My Days as one word. No spaces in between. Or reach us by email at info at truthinmydays.com. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you.